That was the killers. Somebody told me, listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. Good morning. I'm here with Matt Morgan. He's in charge of technical things like driving a desk. All right, Matt? Hello. Are you doing your radio voice? Yes. That's nice. Matt's been having lessons so he can talk more nicely. Also, Trevor Locker's in charge of phone calls and competitions. How are you today, Trevor? I'm really well. How are you? I feel all right, actually. I've got, like, a slight cold and I feel like I'm a bit distant from the world, but basically I feel quite upbeat and I'm really excited because it's going to be a brilliant show today, right? You, you know that Noel Gallagher's coming in here for the last hour. That'd be nice. Very excited. Yeah. Back We've got, uh, well, it's a true rumour, like, Noel Gallagher's gonna be here for the last hour, we've had to take on extra staff just to control <laughs> his swearing. There's people here particularly to force swear words back down Noel Gallagher's throat. If, any, if, if a swear word comes out, oh, oh, get back there, down that northern esophagus. So, yeah, he'll be here. We've got Trevor's competition coming up, we've got some great music, I've seen uh, New York Dolls are coming up, Mystery Jets are gonna be on in a second. Oh, we might get a phone call from Chris Peck out of uh, Boy Kill Boy. Chris who? Chris Peck. <laughs> I, I like to call him Chris Peck. I like to stifle his surname. Yeah, he might um, call in. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Tomorrow. Boy, boy, boy. Oh, are you plugging their single? Well, you know. Nice, why not, Matt? Um, and also, like, today's topic of discussion, if I may be so bold, is going to be, uh, what have I done to deserve this? You know, like, something goes wrong in your life, you think, oh, what have I done to deserve this, you might think to yourself. Right, like when, uh, like recently, Wayne Rooney breaking his foot and everything, there was that grimace across his face, that, where you sort of look at it, it makes your stomach turn to watch that yeah. look on his face. Mm. More than just, oh, my foot hurts, but... Yeah. All weight of everything, the World Cup, everything. You think that, that that was visible in his, in his face yeah, as he... Yeah, there's realisation of, oh no. Yeah. What have I done to deserve this? Or, he what might... Have I, what have I, what have I done to deserve this? That's, that's the thinking. audio, that's an audio illustration of what uh, Wayne Rooney was thinking. So we want to hear, have there been times in your life, there must have been, mustn't there, where you thought, oh, what have I done to deserve this? You can text us on 64046 or you can email the show at russell.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk. That's if you're thinking, what have I done to deserve this? I'll tell you what we're going to do now. Should we listen to Mystery Jets, You Can't Fool Me, Dennis? Oh, can you? I think if I've got that attitude towards Dennis, eventually Dennis is going to fool them. <laughs> Get in touch with us, 64046 or email us at russell.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk. You can't fool them. Dennis. Mystery Jets, you can't fool me, Dennis. You listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. Hello, welcome to our show. Oasis star, celebrity face Noel Gallagher's going to turn up in here later. It'd be nice, won't it? Let's hope he does. He definitely will. I've, like, he don't even live that far away from here. We could, like, if he ain't turned up we'll at the allotted time of midday, we'll go and get him. But it's not that he definitely will. That's half the fun. There's, there's an edge to the man. He might not. He, he genuinely might not. Oh, what, so, like, he's built a reputation on that. The career is founded on his, you know, capriciosity. Not on his capriciosity. That ain't even a That's bit a of language. Pizza, sorry. <laughs> it's founded on him doing them songs, yeah. isn't it? One of which we're going to play Supersonic a bit later. That'd be nice. We'll have a listen cool. to that. So what we're talking about until then, uh, don't turn this into some sort of waiting for God, oh, will Noel Gallagher turn up? I like the idea. I like some security in life. Not like the thought that he may come, he may not. That alarms me. I just think it keeps us on the edge of our seats, that's all. Yeah. Puts a bit of jeopardy into the show. Fair enough, all right then. Maybe Noel Gallagher will come, <laughs> maybe he won't. Maybe he'll be peppering the air with swear words. Maybe he'll be like, timid as a lamb. 
Matthew. So what we were talking about until then, though, is uh, occasions in our lives where we thought, what have I done to deserve this, right, where something's gone terribly wrong? Uh, like, well, what has happened? Trevor, look, what, what's happened in your life where you thought, what have I done to deserve this? Numerous occasions. Um, the, the, the worst one, I suppose, was involved a vicar and some mice, going back to the mice thing. Ridiculous. If you were listening to the show last week, you'll have heard that Trevor slaughters mice for pleasure. That's not true. That was a joke that you did last week. Well, no, it's, it's based on fact. Trevor Lock kills mice in his house, it's he not. drenches himself in mouse blood, decorates his body in mouse skulls, and then screams out to the world. I like it. <laughs> and now he has the gall to say <laughs> that, that, that mice have been involved somehow in his past. Well, that's why I've chosen this particular memory, because I thought it goes with the theme, but people realise that it's obviously a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. It Trevor. is a joke. Do you think killing animals is a joke? Labeling yourself as a mouse person. Trevor, <laughs> <laughs> mouse lock. <laughs> why, what is this sort of affiliation you have with rodents? <laughs> it's not. I'm going to choose a different memory then. I'm not no, going to do this one. Well, no, but the thing is, you're meant to set this up so that people think, oh yeah, that's the sort of thing that happens to me. I'll let them know. But we say, what a mouse say? and a, a vicar. Mouse and a vicar. <laughs> so, unless you live in Enid Blyton's imagination, those kind of things don't happen to you. Uh, Come on, Trev. What, what is the story? Come on, alienate everyone. All oh, right. So I, I just like catching little mice when I was a boy. Catch them alive. Like alive, though. This is the key. <laughs> I, well, so then I, you can watch them squirm, oh, Trev. Stop it. I was an amateur naturalist, and I go into my garden. Whereas now he's an amateur naturalist. He's sat here completely nude, everyone, <laughs> but for a little mouse pelt. You can use the webcam and see that I'm fully clothed. Do use the webcam, actually. You can see us, and if you want, you can text us and say, make Trevor do something, and then me and Matt, by God, we'll make him do it. <laughs> so, go on, let's hear about this mouse anecdote. I used the Longworth Small Mammal Trap, which is a catch alive trap. It shouldn't uh, be. The other mammal traps are available. Yeah, this is a catch alive trap, trap, and it was used by the Ministry of Agriculture mm -hmm. for uh, survey purposes. My father worked for the Ministry of Agriculture, and that's how I first came across this trap. I bought my own one. Just when I think Trevor can't get any more tedious, he'll come out and say, like, <laughs> "My father used to work for the Ministry of Agriculture. It was a Longworth Hogworth Camel Mouse Trap." <laughs> Trevor, will you get on to the meat and bones of this story, which I'm convinced, even though I've heard it, is I crunched up a mouse's spine under the sole of my shoe. That's not nice. Is this the mouse? thinking, what have I done to deserve this, and you <laughs> empathising with it. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Listen, but yes, it works on that level How as well. How can this be bad for you? <laughs> Come on, there's a vicar and a mouse involved, let's get to it, and then there's going to be a bit where someone, possibly the mouse, thinks, what have I done to deserve this, because otherwise this jingle's not going to work. So, I, ca I catch two mice. It was an accident. It was, you know, one of those lucky things. I'm, I'm, you I'm, were young, you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've all been there, haven't we? We were only sitting out for one mouse. By Jingo, we got two. Chocks away what it is to be an Englishman. To grow up in the 70s was very heaven. Yeah, the whole Zeppelin thing was happening. Trevor was out catching mice. Some mice, two a day. Come on, Trevor, what happened? So, I've got two uh, long-tailed field mice, and I keep them in a cage that I specially built. <laughs> I can't make it all can't build cages. I can't, that's the problem. Because I also had a fish tank in my bedroom, and during this the night... This is just rambling. During the night, the, ma the mice escaped out of my It's like uh, reading house. a serial killer's diary. <laughs> and they, and they tried, and they fell into the fish tank. And then Trevor <laughs> fell over and thought... <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely story. <laughs> Trip and I come. Let's get to because I want to know the vicar gets involved. So what happens? My mum was was ill at the time, and the vicar would come round to visit my mum, 
And sometimes you'd come and visit me, and I was in my bedroom. <laughs> you lived together, didn't you? <laughs> what kind of atomised family was it? Did you all live in separate caravans? And so what he did, he just sort of knocked, it was like pastoral care, my mum was poorly, he thought, you know, I'll go around and visit the Locke family. Yeah. He knocked on my bedroom door, and I hadn't realised that the mice had gone into the fish tank and, and they'd actually drowned. <laughs> and he's, he came into my bedroom, <laughs> and uh, not he funny, saw the mice likely. first. He, 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 you know, he's so he came in and thought, oh, poor little Trevor Locke, his mum's not yeah. well. How's and it now going it's at taken... school? How, how, is it, how is it looking with your mum? And I said, it's fine. And he turned around and said, oh, you've got some hobbies then. And then there were these... <laughs> you, I see you drown mice. <laughs> Two mice sort of floating uh, in, the, in the tank, drowned. And he saw them, and I saw them, and I... Had to explain what, what had did happened. you say? I, I said, "Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that cleared it up." I imagine that wasn't meant to happen. He that probably was an sank accident. to his knees at that point and said, <laughs> "There is no God." You probably made him renounce the clergy. He probably went straight off after that and had it off with someone. You no, know, he told me that I should take them out and, and bury them in the garden. At the very least, give him a Christian burial. And Trevor. I explained to him that I hadn't realised and that I would do that, and that wasn't meant to happen. And then Trevor thought to himself, "What am I? What am I? What have I done?" The answer to that question is obviously captured and tortured mice. Yeah. That's what you've done to deserve. It looked it? bad. It's not what I wanted to do. I liked mice and I cared for animals. And it looked like I was a nasty little kid who enjoys doing bad things to animals. Strange though, Trev, that that was the beginning of a lifetime of torturing mice. Misunderstood. That's what it's about. I like animals. This is the mm, thing. Very like easy to say you misunderstood, Trev, in life. Okay, so should we listen to Billy Bragg, whose surname now seems like a verb to describe Trevor's attitude towards <laughs> mice killing? <laughs> Greetings to the new brunette. It's Billy. Brags, it's music. <laughs> Greetings to the new brunette, Billy Bragg. There, you're listening to Russell Brand on Six Music. We're talking about, well, the sort of general topic heading is what have I done to deserve this? We're talking about incidents. We're like, oh, what have I done to deserve that? Like Wayne Rooney crunching his foot in, it must be on his face. Clearly, amidst the agony, there was a more existential questioning, existential questioning of what have I done to deserve this? Or Trevor Locke, for example, when the dead mice that he drowned were discovered in his aquarium by a vicar. He thought, what have I done to deserve this? When you, yeah, it looks like you've done something terrible and there's no way of explaining it in that moment. I always find it when I've lost my keys, when I can't get into my house. You think, what well, have I, I done to deserve this? Yeah. You feel such a pot? Fool. <laughs> no, I feel so awful that I've lost control of being that. I should be allowed in my house, but I can't. Okay, well, what about that occasion, right? Me and Matt was once doing a television programme up in Leeds with a young BMP. It weren't a, it weren't a promotional film. <laughs> we, we were against them and their racism. And, like, um, here there's a bit, right, we were staying in an hotel and Matt, right, was throwing food and stuff out of our hotel window, about on the 10th floor, like throwing peanuts, peanut Holy jars. Peanuts. Peanuts and peanut jars. I think you threw the jar out. They weren't in a jar. They were in a jar. It was a bag of peanuts, and I just started throwing them out the window. Right, throwing all these things out the window. I think I'm happy. Breakfast out the window, stuff like that. I was just trying to live my life. I was a junkie at that time, and my behaviour was impeccable. Right, throwing all these things out, and then the hotel reception phoned up, and security started flowing around, sort of downstairs, looking up at us. And Matt did actually go, "Why is this happening to us? Why are we being judged <laughs> in this way?" It's because you've thrown those things out the window. There's a direct corollary. It's not hard. It's not an injustice. For heaven's sake, you know, what have I done to deserve this, Matt? For in that moment, it was ridiculous. He thought that because moments before he'd been throwing peanuts out of a window and thinking to himself, like all 
laughing. What a transition <laughs> that boy made in that moment. I think we should start using the shorter version of what have I done to deserve this. Yeah. Here, we've got, an, we've got a text message here from Tim. He goes, Hello, Russell. I once woke up to find skid marks on the outside front of my boxers. Not what I had in mind when hoping to bed a dirty girl. What have I done to deserve that? From Tim. Okay, I don't know. Well, yeah, let's play What Have I Done to Deserve This? the long version. I'm okay, well, let's try the long version. Well, which one makes sense of that? Hold on. What had he done to deserve that? Well, what, Tim, we're going to need to know more about that, mate, because at the moment I think it sounds like a, a breach of broadcasting law that I've just read out. <laughs> Once skid marks on the outside of his boxers. How we don't know what, what those skid marks were. Well, he's saying that they're his from another day. Maybe he's... I don't know why he had skid marks on well, the outside of his boxers. He's worn them inside out and back to front. That's a peanut thrower. That's the same thing. What do you yeah. mean? He's brought that upon himself. himself. And then said, what have I done to deserve That's this? more like, in fact, if there was any jingle for it, it should be, you do it to yourself, you do, in pure radio ed fashion. Yeah. Instant karma's gonna get you. Either one of those, we, we, we'll try and get them sorted out. Uh, we've got some f fantastic music coming up on the show today. We've got Noel Gallagher coming for the last hour. Text us your moments of your epiphanies where you've questioned what have I done to deserve this preferably not like Tim where you find yourself covered in muck and it's clear what you've done to deserve this it's your <laughs> mucky lifestyle Tim you can text us on 64046 or email us at russell.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk have a look at us on the webcam as well Trevor looks particularly alarming today what are we going to have a listen to now Matthew um, we're going to listen back to some killer killer when he mm. came in. BBC <laughs> That there is Professional Widow by Tori Amos. You listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. We're talking about embarrassing things that have happened to us, like Trevor once slaughtered some mice as a child and led little drowned corpses were found face down in his fish tank in, uh, by a vicar, of all people, to make that discovery. Who's that vicar that solves crime? Father something investigates. Father Downing, is it? Father Brown. Father Brown Father investigates. Downing. That's yeah. Chesterton. He's yeah. a G.K. Chesterton character. Mm -hmm. I trust you to know a thing like that. And then there's that one, there's a sort of, like, one played by Walter Matow, wasn't there? He played a sort of a detective. <laughs> Matt's looking I like, I don't know about vicars that do investigations. <laughs> Leave it out, son. Right? Here's an embarrassing thing that happened to me. It was, I, um... Right, when I was little, that something happened to her, I, I, with me and my mum, we grew up just to, well, she was already grown up, I grew up just with her, and like, uh, I lost a trainer, <laughs> right, this is a tragic story, you know, you're already guffawing at it, I lost one of my trainers, and then like, so, I, and I had to go to school the next day, and she made me go to school wearing her trainers, they were pink, and like, they were the size of a mum's feet, I only had child-sized feet. What the... I had you have another pair of shoes? No, that's, that's it. That's the tragedy of the story. That's that was, sad, isn't it? Yeah, so I had to go to school wearing these pink trainers, right? And I thought, I'll be able to overcome this by sort of joking about it. So, oh, they're called Pinky and Perky and characterise them. But the uh, people at school ridiculed me for that and with some justification. I remember thinking, what have I done to deserve this that day? What have I done to Embarrassing. That's what, I, that's what I felt to myself, you know. If you've got any incidents along those lines, you know, where you thought, what have I done to deserve this? Why is my life so embarrassing? You can text us or email us. Text us on 64046 or email the show at russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. What embarrassing things have happened to you? What had you done to deserve this? What are we going to listen to now, Matt Morgan? The Barcase with Soul Finger. Nice. 
That's the Cardigans, Love Fool. You listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. We're talking about what have we done to deserve this when embarrassing or an awkward thing What have we done to, to deserve the temperature in this studio, Russell? <laughs> um, what's happened is, is oh, when we came in, like, um, it was uh, Natasha that must have it really ice cool in here. It was actually, I, I was, it was just a normal yeah. cool room. Yeah, and well, I was going to the like this. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't have a big tantrum, but I did go up to the to the uh, the, the controls. Thing. The controls. Yes, and started jabbing at it and made it all really unbearably hot. Now we've we've sort of carried we're lazing about like South Americans. We need to have a siesta <laughs> now. I can't cope with this. Too much pressure. You, uh, I do like it to be warm. Matt thinks that my house is like an old folks' home because it's like ridiculous. It, it is it's absolutely it's, it's designed. Every time I go there, I open the door and have to stand in the garden. <laughs> you do until you <laughs> learn your lesson. Come round in London. It's designed unnatural. so that the only natural response is to take your clothes off. That's why it keeps it in that climate. I like people to be nude when they're exactly. down my house. Yeah. Keeps you more relaxed. Also, though, I do have the telly up really loud like an old person as well. It's ridiculous. To drown out the screams. <laughs> There's no screams going on. It's not me that stamps mice to death as an obby. Now, we've got um, a text message here. It's from Pete, the bedroom man. We like that. Pete, the bedroom man, is... Was around last week. He's a friend of the show. It's Pete, who's, Pete's wife believes herself to be a guest host on this it's show. It's Minty. Where's Minty? We want Minty to come back. Oh, Minty's contact us. Minty, who I fell in love with a little bit. Matt, you loved her as well, though. I know. Because this girl Minty sends us text messages as well. Do you love her, Trev? I do, but I think she's taken a blighty one. What do you mean a blighty one? I think, well, I think she's, you know, had a shrapnel wound that's going to bring her home. Blimey, a blighty one. That's what you call a wound that's going to yeah. bring you home. Yeah. You'd know about that, is that, what, is that real or...? That is real. No, I'm just, I'm, I don't know like me too well enough to know and that. Duck and boards. Yes, and exactly. It's it's that, yeah. I bet you read a lot of Siegfried Sassoon and Wilfred Owen sit about all wistful, didn't you? Oh, I do, you know. A little piece of England. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, let's read out this from Pete the Bedroom Man, which is a confident thing to call yourself, isn't it? Yeah, but doesn't that mean it's his job? Like he's a... Cobb. No, I think he means he's <laughs> like he builds bedrooms. It's a bit euphemistic. He might as well say Pete the sex man. <laughs> well, let's wait for his next text. Perhaps he will say that. <laughs> Working in a client's house and having to get home for my wife to go to work. There you go. The client Working also... in a client's house. He, put, he installs bedrooms, I bet Hold you. Hold on. Let's work this out. Working in a client's house and having to get home for my wife to go to work. The client was also going out. Said, just shut the door after you. When it came to time to leave, I was chased back up the stairs by a large Rottweiler who kept me there until the owner returned home a few hours later. No mobiles in those days, in the doghouse with my wife, Pete, the bedroom man, <laughs> and in an actual house with a dog as well. That's my nightmare. I'm scared of dogs. Why are you so scared of dogs for? What have you done to them? Um, I was attacked by an Alsatian as a boy. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> I think I was scared of him before that. Anyway, what I do just mean? don't understand. I've never had a pet. I don't understand him when they're happy or people go, "Oh, he's all right." He's just, he likes he's playing, you. and I just don't understand. Him. <laughs> yeah, you don't understand the language. Whereas me, I'm a bit like Doctor Doolittle. I'm in touch with him, right? Now, listen. What I think about Pete, the bedroom man's text, is that he been having an affair and he's using this Rottweiler ruse to cover it up. Because if oh, you were having an affair with someone, you'd know they had a Rottweiler downstairs. No, I think he was having an affair, right, and there's no Rottweiler involved Rottweiler. at all. The Rottweiler is a, a, a confection oh, of his imagination. Yeah. What if his wife's listening? Oh, that's the old idea. Uh, old idea. He hopes that she's going to listen and then sure. find out. But surely if he's calling himself Pete the Bedroom Man, she might have an inkling. She might say, Pete, how did you get this bedroom man handle? <laughs> oh. I certainly not put it about. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a terrible lover. Pete, get in touch with us because we want to know why on earth you're treating your wife in his appalling fashion <laughs> and exposing her on air and everything. Where's my anecdote? Oh, yeah, I've got another what have I done to deserve this anecdote. Oh, he's hot in here, isn't it? Well, I wonder if he's going to get... Yeah, Pete the Bedroom Man must have thought when he was pinned in that room against his lover, stroke what, what Rottweiler. 
well, obviously betrayed your wife. Is what you've done to deserve that, Peter Bedroom, man. So, like, um, me, right? I once had this incident where I was involved with this girl. She was German. She was a lap dancer, as I recall. Nice, attractive girl. We was having a bit of how's your father monkey business, and then an argument ensued. And uh, like, I said, look, you're going to have to leave here. She gathered up her clothes all loudly, and I like, was making her way out of the house. And I was loudly. What was she? A one-man band? <laughs> <laughs> she had to get her cymbals, her trumpets, her wasp name, and her umpapa. Gathered all them up together, and that, like, um, and like, sort of, as I was sort of going, leave the house forever, right? I did it dead emphatically, and I was nude. I had no clothes on. It was about three o'clock in the morning. My flatmate Dan was away in another country. Goes, leave this house. Be off with you, woman, right? And as I did that emphatically, I was like, I'd gone outside the house, and the oh. door closed behind me, and I was locked outside my house naked. And like, I thought, oh no, what have I done to deserve this, right? I did think that. And, like, uh, she, and she, though, the only person that was there that could help me, I'd just upset. So, like, she, like, I could borrow your mobile, please, because I'm locked out of my house and I'm nude. And she said, I'm not going to help you. You've treated me very badly. This is when you lived in that church flat. That's right, I lived in that church flat. It was a converted church flat. So then, yeah, and I said the only person that was likely to be able to help me was, like, one of Trevor's Parsons. It's like <laughs> some ridiculous Agatha Christie character. Right, and then she stormed off and left me, and all there was to protect my dignity was, like, a, a pink umbrella. So I had to open up this pink umbrella, put it between my legs, and go downstairs. How is everything that you have to rely on in these situations pink? Like, your mum's shoes, this umbrella? Mm. How come I'm always having to rely on pink things? Because there's another thing that's pink that's also <laughs> always getting me in little adventures of trouble. <laughs> um, little pink fella leading me through life by the nose. Okay, let's not talk about the <laughs> mouse again. <laughs> so, like, so I went. I was like to go downstairs with just this pink umbrella between my legs, all like you know, like extended pink umbrella. Did you me. enjoy that a bit? Because I reckon if I I discard the umbrella and tear off some wallpaper and use that <laughs> before I use the umbrella. I just thought it was the only thing there, and I was aware that this is making this a better anecdote. I was Absolutely, thinking, yeah, this yeah. pink umbrella is definitely adding to this situation. I went downstairs, and there was a bar downstairs, really late, and the bar was open, and a woman came out to change barrels. I goes, oh, could you help me, please, love? And she, uh, and actually, she goes, she looked at me and went, is there anything I can do for you? I goes, yeah, you know, I'm nude, it's the middle of the night, all I've got is this pink umbrella. Can you help me? And uh, she said, yeah, all right, I'll help you. And then she came, like, went away for about an hour, and that seems a long time when you just got a pink umbrella. Half hour. Right, and she came back again, and I, I goes, did you do anything? And she goes, no, I forgot all about it. And then she goes, you can, and then she went into the, like, round by the cellar, there was this old pair of big chef's trousers, great big, like, comical clown buffoon Wasn't trousers. Like club or gay club as well, I seem to remember. Yeah, I put on those chef's trousers, you goes, you can come in and use the phone. I put on the chef's trousers, went in, I had the pink umbrella over my shoulder. She didn't need that then. <laughs> she didn't <laughs> yeah. need the umbrella then. What were they gonna do? Just abandon it? I went there, the chef trousers looked like they could have another person in them, and I went, went in there to use the phone, and it was gay night, and they thought I was there to do a strip <laughs> the only way I could get out of there was by doing a dance to YMCA. That's quite bad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a very difficult evening, I thought, you know. But anyway, I bought it on myself by not having a proper marriage or something. Good morning. I once broke my... This is from China or Sina. China, I reckon, in Wiltshire. She goes, I once broke my knee in two places when I was trying to get a goat to the top of a climbing frame. Right, immediately, why has a goat got to go to the top of a climbing frame? I was nearly at the top and had 
held, had hold of the goat's front hoof when my foot got stuck between two rungs and I slipped. So desperate was I to save the goat. She wants credit now for trying to save a goat that she's marched to the top of a climbing frame like a lunatic grand old Duke of York. I swang with a pendulous effect, still grasping its hoof, and smashed my kneecap apart. The story was so ridiculous that the local authorities were watching my parents for years. From Chino and Wiltshire, I need to know more about that. Do you think that's true? I think it's true, but why do you need to get a goat to the... A real goat? Sounds like a real goat, yeah. Maybe she was a child and she was playing with a goat and, uh... Yeah. It was just a... Yeah, well, um, I think it's something to do with Heidi. Probably she's seen Heidi. Cause, and goats are a bit romanticised in Heidi. A romanticised goats, though, yeah, Trev. Peter the goat herd. I don't mean they romanticise the goats. They I don't do. mean they say, perhaps you'd like to go out with a goat. Why don't you put a bonnet on it and make it your bride? Well, sort of, you know, high on the hill was a lonely goat herd. Yodley, 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 Trevor. That's a nice, you know. It's a ridiculous way to think of goats. Okay, right, so yeah, send us your embarrassing in incidents and your misuse of goats and that. Um, and then we're going to go hear a nice anecdote from Matt, but let's listen to Niles Barkley first, shall we? Let's do it. That's Health and Ag by John Cooper Clark there. You listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. He opened for the Arctic Monkeys at Brixton, didn't he, John Cooper Clark? Yes. He did. <laughs> he did, Matthew, yeah, he did. And I was sort of thinking, you know, I can see what they would have liked, that lyrical nature of his work. It's you funny, can... that, wasn't it? There's a bit where he was just coughing. Was there a bit where he was just coughing? Song, yeah, coughing. Perhaps I was coughing during that bit and just, you know, didn't notice it. Now, we're talking about embarrassing incidents that we've all endured in life, and uh, we've got Dan on the line from Brighton. All right, Dan. Hello there. You all right, mate? Yeah, fine, thanks. Now, what was this, what have I done to deserve this incident that came into your life, mate? Well, um, I was working with my uh, ex-boss. He's your ex-boss now, is he? Yeah, yeah, my ex-boss, absolutely. Tell me mm. something about the story here. Yes. And, um, we were working in a sort of particularly big house in... Holland's Park in London. Nice. We were fitting some mirror balls as part of a big, highly elaborate um, hi-fi system in above what? someone's uh, swimming pool. So, oh, oh, no. they're living in luxury. They had mirror balls and a swimming pool. Is this a person you could name? Yeah, yeah, this is it. Yes. Who was it? Um, Scarface. Pardon? Whose house was it? Tony Montana, Scarface. It's a big, opulent, luxury pad, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Who was it? That sort of thing. And, um... He never told so us. I, I was sort of putting these mirror balls onto... The motor, which makes them spin round, makes yeah. them that nice. I thought they just did that on their own. No, no, no. It's a, 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 mirror, a, a motor that they're attached to on a chain, right. and uh, I thought the, the mirror ball was going onto the chain, but it was sort of coming off the chain. Uh oh. And uh, you can imagine what's happening next. My boss was holding the ladder at the bottom of the swimming pool, which was empty. Yeah. Imagine, and uh, we had all the very important sort of like site managers and the customer and everyone. Watching us. Well, everyone was watching, awesome. thinking, oh, this is going well, this mirror ball. Our pool parties will be the toast of Holland Park. <laughs> exactly, yes. This is it, yeah. And I probably thought, yeah, this is going to be fantastic. And, uh, you know, the, the sort of thing sort of, uh, you know, I kind of dropped it and then looked down and my boss was sort of chatting to the customer. Yeah. And sort of, like, hit him uh, square on the head. I bet he thought to himself. How oh, terrible that that happened to him, because it's like an episode of Fools and Horses, that is. <laughs> the chandelier <laughs> one. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, and um, I must admit, it was it took about a year for me to sort of laugh about it because it, it was one of those ones. He's man, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was more embarrassing at the time than it was funny, and all, all my sort of like uh, all the fellows at work. You now I didn't tell any of them because I just felt like a bit of a fool, and you know. So you really enjoyed that happening, and felt like, and probably your reaction while your boss was thinking, "What if I don't deserve this?" You were probably thinking, "I like it," <laughs> and went on to laugh about it for a year, Dan. Well, <laughs> well, it, 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 took it took a, a year. little while, but it has become one of my uh, one of my sort of favourite stories. Really, it's quite it's nice. Creeps, it creeps out now and again. I don't tell everybody every day. Well, now you've you know. broadcast <laughs> it. 
to all of us. <laughs> Matt, what well, are you yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Matt wants to ask you Two something. things. I was wondering how high the mirrorball fell, and also, what are those mirrorballs made of? Why are those mirrorballs? Made of. What's inside? There's the glass oh, bit. I'm not, not sure, actually. But Is I mean, it heavy? I should have taken a closer look when some of the mirror, sort of part of it, fell off when it hit the bottom of the pool. My boss was scrabbling round on the floor trying to pick them up. He was trying to scrabble around. He should have been there. looking after his mind. It, are and they well, heavy? I, I think it was more the shock of it, really, and he was, he was worried that it's... It damaged their, their swimming pool more than his... More than his own skull. Bless yeah. him. He's, he comes out of this story very well, Dan, whereas you look, quite frankly, a bit cruel. The, well, the mirror ball, is it he heavy to hold the mirror ball? It, um, no, it's a very lightweight thing. I think it's just like a plastic... So it might just be plastic or something inside it. Yeah. Polystyrene, yeah. really, when it comes to it. It can't be very nice to no, have it. I really no. thought they were really heavy. You thought they were concrete? I oh, know, whenever I'm walking under one in the club, I feel a bit anxious that it might come down yeah, on me. me too. Well, you, you should feel anxious if you're walking below me uh, when I'm fitting one. Dan, if I'm ever anywhere near you in a ladder, I will scurry for the hills. Oh, the very thought terrifies me. Dan, thank you very much for your time. It's lovely talking to you. Um, we're going to... We're going to dedicate this camera obscura track to you. Lloyd, I'm ready to be heartbroken. That's, That's good. I really like this one. Do you, mate? Well, let's dedicate it to you and your poor concussed boss. Take it easy, Dan. Thanks for your time, man. Ex-boss, naturally. Yeah. I love the sound of broken glass. That's Nick Lowe. That's Apposite. Will you listen to Russell Brand on Six Music? It's Apposite retrospectively because of that mirror ball story from Dan smashing that mirror ball on his boss's skull, then laughing about it for one year constantly. No, he said it took me a year to be able to laugh about it. Oh, it took him a year? Oh, it took him a year to stop laughing. I think it was to stop oh, laughing. Really? Yes. Matt, See, I'm just a nice Mark, who, who side are you on, Matt? I'm going with Dan. He said it took him a year before he could laugh about it. A year yeah. before he could laugh? Yep. Mm. Okay, well, Dan's less vindictive. Okay, but then this also, this broken glass theme that Nick Lowe has set up is also embellished upon by what Trev's going to read out, I do believe. This is an anonymous man, and you can see why he's anonymous, because uh, it says this. I got out of the bath to move my mate's sister. Disgusting. Yep. She was spraying the garden hose through the window. Disgusting. So, having climbed up on the sink, stark naked... Disgusting! I bent forward... Repugnantia. ...and smashed my butt straight through the glass. A simple error of judgment that found me in casualty at the local hospital, thinking... Well, it's clear we don't deserve this. I think the, pro the problem began when he started mooning his mate's sister However, out of the window. However, she started it. Well, she, she started, started it, it, but there's something unclear, because apparently he mooned by leaning forward. How do you lean... If, if his bottom's on the right think, place... Well done. You yeah, he's lean leaning backwards. He must lean... Yeah. Yeah, but your head's going forwards, isn't it? Your head leans forward and ah, your bum okay, goes yeah, backwards. Yeah, right, That's yeah. how we all moon people. <laughs> <laughs> My bum went through a uh, restaurant window once and... Why? I had to go with the police. Why did your bum go through a restaurant window? Because I was on my mate's back, and he was giving Why me a piggyback. Why were you on your mate's back? We, went, we were running down the giving road. Giving you a piggyback? Yeah. How old were you? We were at university, and that was the <laughs> kind of thing we did. <laughs> Blimey. Then we were going along the road, and then there's all these people in the restaurant. Yeah. And uh, I, I said, well, I think he backed me up. We went, go moon them. But I didn't pull my trousers down, but we backed up. My bum <laughs> hit the window, up. smashed it. Oh, I nearly no. fell into, like, a big, huge pane of glass. Nearly fell backwards into the glass. And then all, all the people came out with big long knives. People who work there. Like, you know, like <laughs> was it a, a meeting of triads that you'd interrupted? <laughs> Something going on. Saracens came <laughs> and chased us off. And then the police came because it was reported as a racist attack, which it obviously wasn't. It was just 
Why, why said, did they, it look like a racist? How did it have the appearance said, of a racist some, attack? Some blokes came up and smashed our window. Oh, it was a Chinese well, restaurant? No, it was an Indian restaurant. All right. Really? Yeah, mm. and then the, the night to go with the police and... So it wasn't a racist attack, it was just a, you weren't even trying to do any sort of attack. attack of any kind. You were just trying to show the world your bum. Yeah. Well, there's a lesson for us all there, Matthew. You know, people misinterpret things. Here, what we've got, like, you know, um, it's, you know Pete the Bedroom Man, his wife is called Wendy from the borough. She writes, uh, he was dipping his screwdriver last week, oh. didn't believe it for one minute. He likes to think of himself as a joiner, bedroom fitter, but gives a ready-made excuse for that carry-on moment. Wendy, the gullible wife in the borough. Oh, she's reproaching yeah, well. herself now. That marriage well, is I'm disintegrating. Right, he's a bedroom fitter. Everyone else thought it was a boast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, okay. Why is she in the borough? What does that mean? Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a euphemism either. <laughs> she's, not, <laughs> she's not referring to, to being particularly fertile. It's not like a trench of fertility that she carries around with her. something to do with rabbits. She's a bit of a bunny or something. No, it's not borough. It's borough. Okay. Okay. Middlesbrough. Yeah, like, well, I thought it was even that or something to do with Tolkien. You know, like the Shire. She's from the borough or something. Oh, for God's sake, oh, Trish. God. What's but it's actually, it's actually she's, she's from, from the borough of Middlesbrough. We're going to make you tell a story about that pike in a minute, Trevor. We're, probably people that were listening at the beginning have probably forgotten how much you hate animals. We'll bring that back right up to the surface again in a minute. It's Cena. Right, we've got another. Uh, remember Cena, the goat girl. Yeah. Like, well, she's not part goat or anything, but she sent us that thing about taking a goat to a climbing frame, and it, and it baffled us. Uh, she has elaborated. It was a real goat, but the climbing frame was actually a fortress made from pallets by my dad. I was going to have a picnic of Marmite sandwiches. Other sandwiches are available at the top, and wanted some company. That's all. I did nothing to deserve it, and in big time pain. Love from Cena. Pronounced like Tina with a C. Cena, have a nice day. What she done oh, as that? Then also she adds, rub an ice cube on your chakras and you will be cool for the rest of the show. That's mm -hmm. nice, isn't it? Where are our chakras? <laughs> They're up and down our little bodies. All over the place, Trevor aren't. keeps his in the most unmentionable of places, as you can imagine. Then Minty has emailed us. Oh, Minty. Minty is alive. Oh, thank heavens. News from the front is Minty Kalukale. She says, morning. Russell, the story you told about the pink oversized trainers nearly drove me to tears. Your rhubarb is making me crumble. I have the opposite problem. I want pink trainers that light up when I saunter along, but the biggest size they do is one. But my whole life consists of what have I done to deserve this incident? But before I, but before I opened the vaults, I thought I'd hold back to see what tone the show has taken. What have I done to deserve Trevor mocking me? Don't make fun of my caliper heel, or I'm proud of my war wounds. That better not be a euphemism. Stop I'm mocking proud. Minty, I'm Trevor. I'm not mocking her. I'm proud of her war wounds. You uh, stay away from about her. Minty is Minty. mine. She's bonkers. Minty is bonkers. She's, that, she's a sweetheart. She's the Vera Lynn of this radio show, ain't she? Yeah. Anyway, I've narrowed it down to two stories that I can share with you. The one where I got bit by a lion, should be bitten, darling, or the one where I met my childhood hero, Bungle from the Rainbow. Which one do you want? Which one do we want? Bungle. 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 No, because that was, that's just normal, but being bitten by a lion. But me and Bungle? <laughs> that's not normal. Did you meet Did Bungle? Did you meet Bungle? Has anyone else Were met Bungle? Were you bitten by Bungle? It's the man in a bear suit. <laughs> a lion's a real lion. <laughs> you don't know that. that I do lion, know that. It might not have been. It could have been Aslan <laughs> from Lion Witch's Wardrobe. Being bitten by a lion normally means you're a bit... Mad, and you've gone to the zoo. How has she got near that line? Oh, yeah. I want both. Well, Minty, send us both. We need to know both. We can't decide. We need to know both. Okay, should we? Let's have. Oh, Graham, Graham Coxon. Graham Coxon. I love Graham Coxon. Let's have a listen. You and I, Graham Coxon. You listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. Good old Graham Coxon. I like him. I'm on Jonathan Ross next week, on next Friday night, and Graham Coxon's going to be on it performing. That'd oh, be really? good, wouldn't it? So he won't be in that green room bit. I think he will be, because yeah, I think the yeah. band are in the green room yeah. bit. 
We've met Graham a few times, eh? Hey? He's, yeah. he's dead nice, eh? Hey? Nice, isn't he? It's a bit like Frank Spencer in his mannerisms. We really think what we've got a bit of fat, delicate. Yeah. He dresses Hello. like Clive Dunn, though, doesn't he? He dresses like Clive Dunn. Last time we saw him, he was dressed as a communist soldier. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm Dad's army. <laughs> no, I thought you were, I was thinking of Granddad. Clive Dunn. <laughs> no, he doesn't dress like Granddad. Not yet. I liked old Granddad. That was good, that programme, yeah. wasn't it? It was a sitcom for us kids, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was. We enjoyed that. Okay, so we've got to wrap up this. What have I done to deserve this rhubarb? A little bit quick smart. Well, we'll, we'll read out Minnie's yarn whenever that turns up. Um, here's a. This is from Susie. She goes, I went to a really strict grammar school in Wales. Once a week, we had domestic science and had to take in a clean, white, starched apron. Mm. I was really embarrassed in front of the class when I opened my nice, clean apron to find I'd bought a pillowcase by mistake. I had to stand in front of the class as punishment while the other kids cooked their. They're stuffed baked apples, and I thought. Also, in primary school, I was too uh, pr too scared to ask if I could go to the toilet and weed all over myself and the teacher. <laughs> I had to stand in front of the fire, holding my knickers up to dry, thinking. I'm not surprised. Well, Matt, the teacher as well. Well, I suppose the wee was coming out, the teacher stepped the in. The teacher probably picked up and went, Oh, no, not, not here. I was not too scared to wee on my teacher. But you were too scared to wee on your teacher. Yeah, I just went to the toilet. You are probably too busy weeing all over rodents. Have you said, I'm your master? Have you ever been to a primary school as an adult? Their toilets are ridiculous. They're yeah. tiny, aren't they? They're like yeah. little toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Everything's so low down. Going back to last week, I really like trying to spot the satellite dish at Jodrell Bank when driving to Wales on the M56. It gives me a real buzz when I see it depends which way the dish is pointing. I look at it and I think... <laughs> she doesn't think that. She thinks, I like it, Matt. Oh, you're just yeah. completely out of touch. <laughs> Jesus, you're not listening to what's going on. It's terrible. I, like it. I don't like it. It's the kind of bungling amateurism that has no place on the BBC. Matt, what was you going to say about uh, lashing out at your siblings as an infant? No, I... Um... Well, it wasn't like I was... Like, I kicked my sister once, but it was... She was old. Why? It was a fight. Anything goes. <laughs> she used to use her fingernails. It was hair pulling. It was, you know, kids fighting. And then I kicked her. And then it was at that point, I think my dad came in and saw that. He saw the kick. And he made Did me... Did you not try and justify it? Okay? <laughs> she oh, pinched yeah. me <laughs> first. Yeah, there was in a lot that of that going voice. On. And he said, no, you're going to be punished. <laughs> no, here we go. And then he made me, we had these big bits of paper that we used to draw on. Yeah. And he made, he made a sandwich board out of that and sellotape and, <laughs> and wrote on both sides of it, I kick girls. <laughs> he was true. writing that from your perspective because he obviously didn't kick girls. No, he didn't. Be so there was a moment it. where it looked like a huge confession. confession. <laughs> yeah. I kick girls. There. <laughs> I want the world to know. That's where you get it from, son. <laughs> but then, uh, so he made me wear that and stand out on the main road. And Pete, but the weird thing was, I was embarrassed, obviously, and I couldn't, there was nowhere to turn and I couldn't go back in the house. I did think, I'll walk off. Did people pick their scared. horns in support? People did. Yeah. <laughs> Cars went past, went, yeah! Me too! Like <laughs> they <laughs> tossed money at you. They, no, there's no money, you but there was, a, there was a sort of... People slowed down, read it, and then went, yeah, and bibbed. Really? Yes, that would never happen now. <laughs> what do you mean that'd never happen now? Well, it, would, it would happen worse. I you wouldn't think. get public support. I'd probably for that. get. I'd probably. They'd offer me a ride somewhere. I'd <laughs> <laughs> probably say, join our gang. You'd be They'll made mayor. Bats. No. All right. Trevor, let's start. Trevor, it's time for Trevor's competition now. Trevor, where's Trevor's jingle that he uses to publicise his competition? Let's have a listen to that, because every week we do a competition where Trevor uses sound effects to portray a popular song. We have to listen to these sound effects and then guess what that song is. Trevor's jingle goes thusly. It's Trevor's Sonic Enigma. 
There it is. Trevor, are you proud of that jingle? I am. Yeah, I think it's a little bit grandiose. But You're a grandiose man. I'm not a grandiose man, I'm a humble man. And it's, it's got good production values, that's what I like about it. Yeah, it has got good production values. Matt, I think, has made an alternative for Trevor's competition. Trevor, listen, Trev. Yes. Trevor's made a complicated, impenetrable, confusing and ill-thought-out noise. That's a bit more like it, Trev. So let's have a listen then to what you've got to do is listen to these sound effects. Will you explain it, Trev? It's your contest. Well, it's very simple. Listen to the clues, the sound mm. effects, the mm. voices, the there's a the clue, a sonic clue. meaningless drivel. It's not meaningless. There is a meaning. If you can decipher the meaning, come up with a well-known popular song title. You'll win a prize. Wow, wow that's a exciting. Prize, really? I, I think you might win a prize. If not, have you bought that happen. Bob Dylan track yet for that person, Matt? Yes. Have you? Yes. No, you haven't. Have yes, you? Have. He's bought Highway it. Highway 61 revisited. Have you given Where it to is it? it? It's in my house. He's not bought it. It's a total lie. He's not bought it. And when he said, I'll buy it, I'll buy it, I go, so he won't buy it because we offered it as a competition for a prize. Matt never bought it for anyone else. No, there was a, mis there was a confusing mistake yeah. and, uh, where I was being handed something and I thought I was meant to add that to the prizes. Yeah. So I said, oh, and you win Bob Dylan. And then she. But we were just going to play that track, weren't we? I will. I mean, I will bring that in. Yeah, in my so house. he hasn't bought it. Now he just compounded that lie by telling another lie. Okay, so let's listen to Trevor's competition while Matt blue muddies the air with treachery. Right, ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't see a thing. Ow! Who are you? I am Sir Reginald Shoe Feet Nipple Horse. Oh, stop winking at me. I'm not winking at you. I can't help it. Oh, you're hideous. I am not hideous. My mother was a spider. Now stick with me and we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. Trevor, that goes on for about a month. I bet it's got longer. It's got more that's obscure and confusing. Seconds. He was told ten. Ten seconds. seconds, Trev. That's the production. That's that's not me. I mean, I just write the scripts and deliver the performance. Twenty-two seconds. I can't bear to ever listen to that again. I don't know what on earth you're talking about. Either, but I am so heavy and shoehorn. Just blithering rubbish. If that was an Edward Lear poem, Edward Lear would be put in an asylum immediately for drivel. It's nonsense, Trev. But, but every, so we have to play that multiple times. So that's going to take up about an hour. Of the I'm show. sorry. I apologise. We're going to give over the whole show. To well, we'll have to talk in an hour of that thing. Right, so what you've got to do is listen to that baffling quagmire of nonsense and see if you can work out what song that's supposed to be. And, and the derisive sniggering wasn't part of it, that was <laughs> me doing it live at Trevor's efforts. Let's have another listen, shall we? So, wait, go on then. See you on the other side. Oh, blimey. That's a horse oh, noise. I can't see a thing. Ow! It's dark. Who are you? What's that? I am Sir Reginald Shoe Feet. Nipple horse. That's ridiculous, that oh, Leonard Ross bit. I'm not winking at you, I can't help it. Oh, you're hideous. I am not hideous. My mother was a spider. Now stick with me and we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. What a lot of rubbish. Why did you judge that? Why did you jump in with both feet in, in a negative way? <laughs> you can't explain every single bit of that. Because I can't explain every single bit of that. I can't, I can't. What? It, it was got, I got a little bit confused doing it this time. Well, it was was every sugar. week it's been nonsense, Trevor, it and this week even nonsense. you're confused. Every week it's been absolutely down to the last little syllable, but this week I was a little bit... All right, listen, I think we should play Holiday by Green Day and we'll just try and pick our way through this so at least me and Matt can understand it and we can try and offer up some clues. If you know what that track is, <laughs> then, then you're probably <laughs> phoning us from Broadmoor. This isn't a Green Day. Maybe someday the ordinary boys there. You listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. Do you like the ordinary boys, Trev? Um, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. Really? That's interesting. That was that was no opinion at all coming out of your mouth just then, was it? Now uh, we've got some interesting things coming out over the next half hour. Chris Peck from Boy Kill Boy is going to be on the phone and see. We'll have a little chat to him. Yeah. We've got music from Primal Scream, The Deers, Oasis, and then for the final hour, Noel Gallagher is coming in here. You can text us if you've got any questions for Noel or if you want to have a go at Trevor's competition. We'll play that again. Blimey, it's 
baffling. Not have a go at it, just have a go at it. Have a go at trying to work it out, yeah, but it, it's just, it's a ridiculous conundrum. You can text us on 64046 or you can email the show via russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. There'll be more from Minty, more from Trevor Locke about cruelty, more from Wendy and Pete the Bedroom Man's family. That's all coming up. We've got all sorts of exciting stuff. Text us any questions for Noel Gallagher, text us any entries to that competition, but we're going to have some news now. Yep. Things have just news. happened. Let's have a listen to the news. R.E.M. Don't go back to Rockville. You're listening to Russell Brand on Six Music. We've been doing Trevor's competition, Trevor Dunn and Noise. Let's do your jingle, Matt. I think it might be... Is it even here? It's not actually. Oh, for God's sake, don't bother with it. No, I've got it. Let's have it. Trevor's made a complicated, impenetrable, confusing and ill-thought-out noise. Now, that jingle sums up the racket that you're about to endure. See if you can work out what song this is from this cacophony. Have a listen to Trev's competition. Oh, I can't see a thing. Ow! Who are you? I am Sir Reginald Shoe Feet Nippled Horse. Oh, stop winking at me. I'm not winking at you. I can't help it. Oh, you're hideous. I am not hideous. My mother was a spider. Now stick with me and we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. Stick with me, we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. I think the most baffling bit is, I am so Reginald Shoe, that Leonard Rosser bit that you do, Trev. <laughs> yeah. It's despicable. Yeah, that, that, that was an ad lib, really. I got confused. Don't put ad libs out. Don't ad lib. Every word is meant to make sense. I know, there was a limited time to record this. We were recording it under pressure. And I, and what I, sort of pressure? A gunman came in? There was no gunman, but. I there wish was, there had been, Trev. I hadn't had my lunch, and I'd had an early breakfast, so I was a little bit low on blood sugar. And, uh, and that's the result, is it? Mm-hmm. This ranting. Mm -hmm. Trev, all right, let's, let's talk through it, because we want people to... Uh, you can text us if you think you know what that song is. Text us on 64046 or email the show at russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. The prize will be, you can come in here next week and there'll be loads of CDs and stuff like that. You can come in and hang out with us if you want. You know, it'll be a right laugh. We're talking to Chris Peck a bit later, and old Gallagher's coming on the show a little bit later. But now, Trevor, try and talk us through what on earth you mean by this. Let's, talk, let's listen to so it. So if I play and then you We'll talk over it. OK. Come then, let's listen. So oh, some... I can't see a thing. It's atmospheric clues there. There's a atmosphere. Day, What's that noise? I am Sir Reginald Shoe Feet. He's a sir, isn't he? Horse. Right. Yeah. Oh, stop winking at me. I'm not Why winking, winking at you. At I can't you? help it. Why would he oh, be you're winking hideous. at you? Why would he be hideous? I am not hideous. My mother was a spider. Now stick with me no, and we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. Legs. Because yeah, the spiders so. have a lot of legs. This man is sir, so he's a knight. Is that what you're saying? Don't give it away. Oh, is it? Yeah. No, listen, uh, it won't be, you won't be able to get the answer from that rubbish. You'll have to pin him down. I wish there was a gunman to, to get him to yield the answer to that lunacy. If you think you know the answer, 64046, that's for text. Email the show at russell.6music, uh, russell. Oh, hold on a minute, russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. Um, Matt, what, what text messages have you got, mate? I've got one here from uh, Gemma, who says that, this, I don't get this. She woke up naked on a tour bus in Bolton with the worst hangover in my life. What did I do to deserve that? Well, she drank Surely. too much. Yes, it's quite clear. Who's yeah, tour bus? On a tour, exactly. Yeah, yeah what kind of chairman? Come on, dear. And what have we got? We've got another... Um, we've got um, an email from the uh, Pete the Bedroom family. Here it is. It says, uh, you know, like uh, Wendy from the Borough and Pete the Bedroom Man? 
It says here, this is from Nico, Pete the bedroom man and Wendy's daughter, she, they're all in the borough. She says, one summer the sole on a shoe had come away so my dad had super glued it back together and left it on my rocking horse to dry in the sun. Right? <laughs> we're, we're better. We're better than the rocking horse. <laughs> we're more surreal and bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately popped it on a ghost train so that the <laughs> rotation of the ghost train would dry it off. Um, I then wanted to go on my rocking horse, so I moved the shoe, not realising a bit of glue had leaked out from the shoe and ended up gluing me to the rocking horse. Oh, no. That's a nightmare, isn't it, to be yeah. on a rocking horse and, like, you think, oh, I've enjoyed this rocking, but now it's time to leave. Uh, yeah. And then you're stuck there forever. Oh, that's like that short story by uh, somebody, isn't it, where the kid goes on the rocking horse and he can predict the Well, it the is similar, because, I mean, a kid goes Very on a rocking similar. horse. But he, he's stuck there. So similar that I don't think this story exists. It's just you being a loony. I bet, as Nico was on that rocking horse, she thought to herself, and the answer to that is nothing at all, because it's Pete the bedroom man who makes bedrooms for a living, certainly isn't having How's Your Father for a living, unless trouble in that Rottweiler account. He should know how to use a tube of glue, shouldn't he? Do you think if you were glued to that rocking horse, you'd spend some time rocking back and forth thinking, I know this doesn't work, but it might move if I keep doing this really hard. What, like you may rock yourself free? Yeah. Hey, let's rock for freedom, yeah? Yeah. On the horse. I don't know. I mean, I suppose so. You're just trying to make the best of it. Um, yeah, so if you know the answer to Trevor's sonic enigma or Trevor made an impenetrable now noise, text us on 64046 or email us at russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. Uh, Minty still hasn't told us about being bitten Come by on. that lion and bungle and all that stuff. I really wanted to know about both of those. Where is Minty? Hello, Minty. I do Minty. hope she ain't been claimed by the Luftwaffe. I do hope she ain't gotten into some <laughs> terrible bother. Oh, crikey. Minty, do get in touch. Let's we listen to her primal scream. Country girl. Country girl, yeah. I like the video of that. I like the woman in it. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Country girl, primal scream. You listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. What have we done to deserve this? When I was 19, I saw Bodger and Badger, and as they signed my pants, I was squeezing Badger's nose when Zapponi dropped his pen and bit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's unprofessional, isn't that's it? That's what happens when you meet celebrities in real life. They're never, they can never live up to it. I always liked Bodger and Badger, but it turns out there was a, a dark side he to it. He not have any nerve endings in his nose because it's a costume. Why did he care? Yeah. I think he's teaching a child a valuable lesson. Don't uh, tweak animals. That's not nice to go. Trevor, if anyone here should be I'm understanding animal about lover. animal abuse, it's you, a man who prides himself <laughs> on slaughtering mice in multitudinous numbers. Did he squeeze the week. badger's nose or Bodger? Bodger's a man. Bodger's the man. Badger's right. the, the puppet badger. Yeah. And I, I think either way, I think, it, well, I think that actually um, the, uh, the person who sent this text was 19 at the time that they did that, so... Well, you know. You should be over that by that age. Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose so. We've got another message it's from Stan from California. When I was in the sixth grade, I played the violin in my class's music band. One day during practice, the headmaster lady, <laughs> mistress, that is, yeah, <laughs> that headmaster lady character <laughs> who will stagger around the place, walked in to do one of those just having a look rounds that they do. This person's like an alien at school. <laughs> Everything seems bad. Headmaster lady, one of those walk rounds they do. And then um, she walked towards me as, as I was about to scoot past the violin section when my bow in mid-arco went straight up and poked her in the tush. She did a tush, that's American for bye. Yep. She uh -huh. did a slight shrill and turned and gave me a look. Every time I saw her after that, she'd give me a look and I could only think... Oh, I don't 
That's Stan from California. I wonder what that look was. So what, as if he did that as a sort of cheeky on the headmistress. Yeah, carry right. on way. As if it was a Benny Hill it's, influenced it's violin stick. That's <laughs> what he probably called it. You know that violin stick. Yeah, <laughs> it's extraordinary. I was in that building where you learn stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We're a stick to make sounds come out of a wooden thing, Bastardaverus. <laughs> so, okay, Trev, you've got some things to read out, have you? Uh, this is from Esther in Shoreditch. Uh, when I was moving into my rented flat with the help of my friend, whilst we were carrying various things up the stairs, he decided to carry a can of paint on top of the box. When he reached the top the sta of the stairs, the paint fell off the box, opened, crashed down the stairs, spewing paint everywhere. An inch-thick magnolia paint on a dark blue carpet hit my leg. Well, wow, yeah. Carried on. It she ended up on. in a yellow pajama, short pajama thing in a police station, uh, talking about how she'd had her car broken into and her laptop stolen and her phone and other possessions stolen. And then she really thought. I like it. I did that as a joke. <laughs> what a brilliant reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Matt she takes thought. life on the chin. No, this <laughs> is what we go really for. Yeah. Guess who we've got on the phone? It's Chris Peck out of Boy Kill Boy. All right, Chris. Hello, mate. You alright? Yeah, I'm in a good mood today. You know, we're talking about things going wrong and stuff like that. You must be in a good mood because your single's coming out tomorrow, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound bothered. Have you been drinking, Peck? I've just got up, man. Oh, to do this with us. Thank you, know you very what? much. You're very quiet, Russell. Can you get someone to turn it up? I can't really hear anything. Oh, is it too quiet for you? Turn it up, man. We can't, we can't, just, we can't just holler down Chris Peck's ear yeah, holes. I can be... just about hear you. Is that better now? Yeah, it's a bit better. How are you, man? Yeah, we're really good today. It's me, Matt, Trevor. Say hello to Chris Peck, everyone. Hello, Chris hello. Peck. Hello, Chris Peck. So, Chris, uh, you, we're talking about things that were before to ourselves. What have I done to deserve this, as illustrated by Dusty and the Pet Shop Boys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, yeah, what was your one? Uh, mine was I had to go to school wearing my mum's trainers one day because I lost one of my trainers. My trainers were pink and it was humiliating. <laughs> that was one time. That explains a few things, mate. Do you think so? <laughs> 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 Yeah. What does it explain? A, da a dandy from the early days, let's say. Oh, was a da yeah, a dandy. But you know, this being a dandy hasn't extended into sort of like sort of a lavender lifestyle. It's just sort of <laughs> a, an air of foppishness. Chris, if you could see the way he's standing. I, I remember, at the moment. Um, probably one of the most awkward moments of my life was um, about two years ago. My brother, my big brother, had a flat like just off Oxford Street, and uh, I used to I had a spare set of keys. And in my lunch breaks from working in the local noodle bar, I used to chuck it back and have a, have my break at his flat. And uh, I, I was like, you know, bowling around, just had a shower, got in my pants, put my t-shirt out to dry for a couple of hours before I went back to work, and basically. Uh, the door shut behind me and I was stuck in Oxford Street just in my pants. Oh. And all these things rushed through design. my head. I was like, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try and punt some money to phone up someone somehow. I was meant to be going back to work and I was thinking, well, if I phone my brother, you know, I might be able to try and get, I didn't know his number and oh. I ended up like, buzzing up some random people in random flats. I ended up sitting there with like, a, a, a very peculiar couple uh, consisting of a like 60 year old man and a 20 year old boy um, as they're <laughs> painting each other with like smoking like cigarette holders and just <laughs> sitting around and they they dressed me in clothes <laughs> until my brother came and, and let me you. back in you must have thought chris while that was going on <laughs> alternatively maybe you thought I like it.
you could have gone either way. But I think, like, sort of, at least Oxford Street, that's, of course, in London's West End. So if you're hanging around there just wearing pants, there's all manner of ways you could make a few quid, isn't there? <laughs> I didn't want to resort to it, but it did cross my mind, you know what I mean? I thought if I just chuck it down a back alley and see how much I can get out of it. But, yeah, yeah that's a last resort, really. That is a last resort. That's a good attitude, though, Chris, that you, you've got there. <laughs> well, you know, Resourceful. I make use of what I've got at the time, you know, that's, that's one of my strong points. Did you get back to the noodle bar? Yeah, I, I, I managed to get back. My brother came back and rescued me, and I went, you never guess what. And they were like, they didn't, you know, they they didn't believe me until I said, I don't know what I've done to deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you were there hanging out with Kenneth Alleywell and Joe Orton from the sounds of things, <laughs> yeah, wearing waistcoats quite, and smoking fags. It's quite bizarre. And it, sometimes in that part of town as well, it's sort of like you don't want to know who your neighbours are. It was, um, really? it was a bit of a weird one like that. It so, you know, they tried to clothe me when I needed a neighbour. They were there. They were, were there. they there? Were they That's there? Really they yeah. were there. They were there. Yeah. Well, nice to know. Where are you now, Chris? I'm on a bus. I'm sorry about the noise. It's like it's we're, right. we're on, I'm on my tour bus and we just got up. I went to bed at about five o'clock this morning. What kind of life are you leaving? You're in a band. Oh, blimey! What a terrible way to live. Five o'clock in the morning. Get some yeah, sleep, well, Chris. I'm feeling a bit rusty, so you know, yes. excuse me if I'm not. You know. No, you've been sparkling. It's been a lovely anecdote. Good, Chris, can we just, were you just humorous? Trevor uh, does a competition. I'm sure he explained yeah. to you when he was on the phone he would have taken that opportunity to, the, that opportunity to boast. Yeah. Have a listen. You have to try and guess what track this is from these sound effects. If you can do it, you're a better right. man than either myself or Matt Morgan. Go for it. Have a listen to this. Oh, I can't see a thing. Ow. <laughs> Who are you? I am Sir Reginald Shoe Feet Nippled Horse. Oh, stop winking at me. I'm not winking at you. I can't help it. Oh, you're hideous. I am not hideous. My mother was a spider. Now stick with me and we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. Can you guess what track that is, Chris, from that racket? I... <laughs> do you know what? I don't know if there's irony attached to this, but I couldn't hear anything at all. No, is that, that, is that... You're no less off than that anyone heard it. <laughs> I think just from listening to the sound of silence within the confines of your own mind, you have just as good a chance as anyone else from guessing what that track is, because it's just a delirium okay. of racket. So I, uh, OK, um... You can just say... Is it I Want to Be Your Lover by Prince? <laughs> is it, Trev? <laughs> it's close, but no, it's not. <laughs> well done for having a guess, Chris. We're going to get... Do you know what we're going to play now, Chris? What's that mean? We're going to play Susie by Boy Kill Boy, that band <laughs> drawing. <laughs> And also, oh, you're on my MTV programme tonight as well, aren't you? Performing. Oh, uh, you're on MTV One Leicester Square performing, and I yeah, do a little yeah, performance yeah, yeah, yeah. with We've Chris We've got to try and find someone with, uh, with, uh, with a TV, with an MTV2 box, which we can watch, but yeah. It's going to no, be a struggle. <laughs> yeah, mate, we, uh, we had a great time on that show. It was wicked. I'll phone you up and describe it to you. Chris, <laughs> thanks very much for your time, mate, and, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. Let's listen to Chris's uh, single Cheers, out Chris. tomorrow. Boy, cool boy. See you later, Chris uh, Peck. Cool, bless, mate. Cheers. Ta-da, bye now. Bye-bye. Snow Patrol and Martha Wayne right there set fire to the third set the fire to the third bar. Oh, reminds me of my name. That's all the thing does. Listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. We've got some wrong answers for Trevor's Sonic Enigma thing. Uh, someone here says they don't leave their name. Uh, is the track Moonlight Shadow by Mo Mike Oldfield? Is it Trev? No, it's not. Uh, we've got another message. Uh, 
not gone to karate today, so turn up any time, park on the drive if it's empty. That can't be for us, can it? I don't think so. Does anyone know anyone that that would make, does that make sense? Anyway, perhaps that's a response to Trevor's sonic enigma. <laughs> not gone to karate today, so turn up at any time, park on the drive if it's empty. That's about as good a clue. people send wrong texts to us, how do because the number's so short, how do they make Six four oh four oh four. yeah, how's the well, Unless they've saved they it in their phone. I think it's someone who's already texted us, yeah, and, and they've, uh, Done it again. Well, I want to know. I hope they're listening. Oi, can you play some flowered up for all the ducks? Russ, <laughs> T. Stones. Blimey. There's lots of weird symbols being sent. Hello, Russell. I'm good mates with your old pal Richard Matthews. If you're into getting old of, of him, Richard in Bath. I'd like to talk to Richard Matthews. He was a brilliant person. I once watched him eat chicken with his feet. How about that for a gift? What? With well, his feet? Well, well, holding it up to his mouth? Yeah, he was doing some acting. Like a plant osmosis. Yeah, he didn't. He's got a mouth on his soul. Yeah. With, uh, so Trevor, let's hear your. So we're talking about like, well, what have I done to deserve this? We're also trying to get this Trevor Sonic Enigma. I don't know if I can listen to that again. If you. No, I, I think. Well, I haven't really given it much thought, but. Let's play it. We'll talk over it a bit, so it's not such an unbearable racket. Okay, let's do it. Right, oh, so that's night time. So it's dark. Yeah. Then there's yeah. more more engine goes up. <laughs> then Lonnie Russell comes in and says, shoe feet nipples. Is, uh, stop winking at me. I'm not winking at you, I can't help it. It's, uh, oh, it's hideous. dark. Oh, it's hideous. Right. I'm not hideous. hideous. My mother legs. was a spider, now stick with me not and we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. You said, oh, what do spiders have a lot of? Legs. Yeah, and something else. If someone goes, what do they Well done, Matt. But spiders are much more famous for having loads of legs than eyes, isn't it? If you think that's why there are other clues. Well, and yeah, like, what more is that? I am Sir Leonard Rossiter's shoe feet nipple horns. What is that? How is that helping? How that is a lawnmower helping? That is a name that a certain type of person gets given. What, a knight? Oh, yes, Russ. All right, OK, well, let's just... with lots of eyes. Mm. Well, mm. you know... You've almost got it. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Mm. Let's, okay, right, let's not leave it all in the gym. Trev, let's, uh, Trevor, we've heard earlier um, your story about drowning mice as a child and then showing them to a vicar to get some sort of thrill. <laughs> Last week you were boasting about stamping mice to death and how you count and you <laughs> just float over the body. Anyone who's just joined the show, that's, that's not true. That's an exaggeration. Next week, Trevor, let's try and not have any mouse-related <laughs> item to Or torture of animals. Any, I'd be glad to. Just be glad to. What's the pike in the bath story, Trev? When my mum was in hospital in 1988... Don't me, always me use my mum was in hospital, so that we think, oh, poor Trevor and his ill mum. That's Because, frankly, they, we don't care anymore. All we want to know is why you're so cruel to animals. It was my turn to cook dinner. Me and my dad used to take turns in cooking dinner. Ah, uh, how old were you? It was half term. I was 13 years old. You shouldn't have been cooking at 13. I know, but I had to. It was that. Particularly as his main was dish was mouse flesh. flesh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what is it for dinner tonight, Trevor? We're going to be eating a rat, father. Will you kill it first? No. The, the act of eating it will bring about its death. Now, it, it was half term, so I went fishing with Chris Hollis and we caught... We don't all know who Chris Hollis is. that name in. Is a, a person I knew at school. Is that that fellow that used to touch you? Yes. Not in a... In, what sort of way was it? I used to do something a bit I weird. I don't want to go down there. Um, <laughs> well, he did, didn't he? <laughs> no, what did he do? You can't just leave that hanging. Stop he didn't it. leave it hanging. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. He swung off it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he now, Trevor as a clam in front of him. anecdote at a time, please, gentlemen. But Trevor, you've got to clear that up, because people... Later, are that'll be another topic. That'll be another Sunday school. Because yes, now people will be topic. worried about Chris Hollis. Just, just say, oh, he, he was... If people want to know, they can email the show in, and I'll... In, respond <laughs> they can email the show in. What, they can record it. Record the show, and say, listen to this.
<laughs> you maniac look. Come, let's hear this story. I call it a pike, okay? A pike is quite a big fish. What, for your family to... Well, no wonder your mum was ill. <laughs> I caught the pike out. and I thought, it's my turn to cook. I've stayed fishing too long. I know what I'll do. I'll cook the pike. You can eat pike. Tomorrow it's blue tack. So I came back with the pike. <laughs> I knocked the pike over the head and uh, brought it back. You knocked it over the head? Okay, trying to skim yeah, past just... that detail. What did you hit it on the head with? Uh, it's, it's, ironically, it's called a priest. It's a piece of wood and fishermen call it a priest. I knocked the pike on the head with the priest. Came home. My what? dad came home from work and he said, have you cooked dinner yet? And I said, no. And he goes, well, leave it. We'll go and visit your mum and then we'll come back and have it. Why and I are said, you getting in that voice? You said, bitter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it. It's <laughs> an older man. Trevor. <laughs> and so what he said, well, I said, dad, I've caught a pike. We're going to have pike for dinner. Um, what shall I do? It won't fit in the fridge. This and he is nothing said, like my life. It's like Huckleberry Finn's life, like, isn't I it? I can't even relate to this. <laughs> then we got on a raft and we sailed off and we had a freed slave with us. It's nonsense. Go he right. said, run a bath and put the thing in there to keep it but fresh. But you'd already put... struck it on the head. I know, but he said, I know it's dead, but he said, put cold water in there, it'll keep it fresh, otherwise it'll go off. So <laughs> I put cold water and some ice cubes in the bath. Why did you just put it in the fridge? Because it doesn't fit in the fridge. How it's... big is this fish? Why like that? Oh yeah, that's, that's good. for medium of radio. Two foot long. Two foot. We go and visit my mum. We come home from my mum, and I knew something was wrong because my dogs were really agitated and frightened. I'm sure they were the old time. They've got animal torture living in the house with them. I bet they didn't rest for a second. And Did I you give them a little hear... knock with the old priest. <laughs> so I give them a knock with a priest. That calmed them down. <laughs> then I made one wear a bra. Can I stress that I'm an animal lover and that this was. I don't <laughs> like killing animals. I don't like killing fish. Tell us this story. So I can hear a banging sound in the bathroom, and I think, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you think, oh, no? Oh, no. Why didn't you think, what have I done to deserve this? Because well, that comes later. I just felt, oh, no, at this point. <laughs> I go into the bath. The fish has only gone and come alive again, hasn't it? Oh, it's I come... It came alive it's again. It's come back. It I was only a stunned it. fish. The, this priest had just stunned it. It was alive and flipping around in the bath. It's a big, you know... So that had scared the yeah, so my sister then goes in there, takes pity on it, and she starts... <laughs> <laughs> she takes pity on the fish. She goes in there and takes pity on that We're fish. emotionally disturbed because our mummy's in hospital, so she goes in Don't there and mitigate it. She starts dropping peanuts in to feed it. I said to Dad... That's not going to help him. My Dad says, where's dinner? Hurry up with the dinner. I said, Dad, the fish has come alive. What am I going to do? He says, you've got to kill it. You have to kill it. And, uh, so you have to kill the fish. What were you, what were you thinking Dad, while I can't this was kill going it. on? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were thinking, I wasn't. Trevor. I was hungry. I didn't want to do this. So he he refused to kill it. He said, you've got to go and do it. He gave me a proper hammer this time. He said, don't muck around Why with that. Why did he say make you do it? Because, I don't know. He, 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 so he, you'd he, learn. It was my turn. Trevor, was, did it, this ever happen? It happened. It's a well-known sort of family legend. I go up there. <laughs> my sister... It's a well-known fable in our home. My sister uh, had to be dragged out of the bath. I had to shut myself, lock myself in the bathroom. And I had to drain the water out of that bathtub, climb in the bathtub with this fish wriggling between my knees, and then I had to pick up the hammer. My sister is banging on the door, screaming at me. She's giving it a name at this point. What is the name? I don't know what it's called. Come on, Trev, give I, it a name. It's in there. It's in your mind. And she, she's banging on the door, screaming that I'm a murderer. Don't kill I've got peanuts <laughs> clinging to my little <laughs> legs. And, and I'm banging. Bang, bang, bang. Eventually. And what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't. I was thinking, do it the other one. I wasn't thinking that at all. I was no. close to tears. 
I was, it was... I know what you've done to deserve this trip. You caught that fish, you put it in the bath, you suggested that it was the meal, you eat it with a priest. Your dad's role in this story is very bizarre. He goes, what's my dinner? Come on. <laughs> no, we're going now. Kill it with a hammer. It's just... This sounds like a dad from a fairy tale. Is your dad a baron? Do you mean the bad voice in your head? (laughs) What you call dad? Daddy made me kill my daddy. They're going to make a film about you one day, Trev, and I I think it'll be along the lines of Psycho. I think. Yeah. Should we listen to the Rolling Stones happy to just try and drag us out of the quagmire? If you want to try and answer uh, Trevor's sonic enigma or try and unravel some of the riddles of Trevor's past, text us on six four zero four six or email the show at russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. But for now, let's listen to the Stones for heaven's sake. I like it. Why won't you give me your love by the zoo on Zia? I like that. I like the video of it. I like the whole thing. I like the fact that that <laughs> saxophonist goes out with the other lad, Sean. There's a romance really in the zoo. Like we met them. Really yeah. nice people, that lot. She doesn't play sax on that record, does she, much? I don't know, don't she? I don't hear much mm-hmm. sax. Yeah, I think there's some saxophone, Trev. I think you've just been omitting it from your mind, probably because you're a bit sexy. She does other stuff, though, doesn't she? I don't she? know. Does Maybe. she? Maybe. Listen to this. Uh, we've got a text message here. That fish killer household is like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Imagine being a neighbour. That's what people think of you. Our neighbours were very supportive and really good to us. They probably lived in terror of you getting all your hands on their family pets. Too many bones in pike. Poles eat pike on Christmas Day. That's like a haku. (laughs) Nice. Someone here guessing that your Sonic Enigma trip is This Night Has Opened My Eyes by the Smiths, is it? No, it's very close though, but it's not. Ashley and Swansea, you you were close there. That was quite a nice little guess. Well done, Matt. Have you got any other? What have I done to deserve this style anecdotes from your ridiculous childhood? Um, there was one when I was uh, in hospital with concussion. Yeah, I mean that was bad in itself, really. And there was yeah. a moment. Where what have you done to deserve that? Um, I'd been given a faulty bunk bed by my parents <laughs> some sort of test. Did you yeah. fall off it? It collapsed. From the top of the, My mum came upstairs because she heard, she thought the bunk bed had fallen over, but I'd fallen out from the top onto my head oh. and was up against the wall with my feet in the air, <laughs> uh, confused, vomiting. Oh, God, poor stuff thing. Stuff like that. And then because I had lost my memory temporarily, when the doctors at Casualty said, well, how did you do this? I didn't know because I couldn't remember. And in typical child style, made up a lie because I thought, I should yeah. answer this question. Just a lie. Playing football when I was kicked in the head. <laughs> and they, and they you know, kept in that torch in your eyes to make sure your pupils are dilated, uh-huh. which they weren't. <laughs> so I was kept in overnight. Uh, two things happened actually. I went to the toilet. Because they said, "Oh, you have to, you're not allowed to walk around. You have to if you want to go to the toilet, you have to ask the nurse. She'll put the things around." I bet you hated that, didn't you? Because you everyone to... else who had to have the nurse help them go to the toilet, you know, with a, like a bedpan thing, mm-hmm. they didn't pull the curtains around fully. Right, well, there's a little gap. So I got up, went to the toilet, and thought, I'll get Obsessed away. Obsessed with going to the toilet, you were as a child. What? Okay. Would you like to lay in a hospital bed with the curtains not pulled round fully and have to wee or even <clears throat> into a pan? Yes, I would, Matt. Yeah, in fact, the minute this show ends, I'm off to St Guy's Hospital to do exactly <laughs> that. You've been told about that. Uh, yeah, so I got up, went to the toilet, and thought, ah, oh, lovely. Pressed what I thought was the light switch, yeah. it was a panic alarm. Yeah. <laughs> Sat down, thought, this is going to be brilliant. <laughs> loads of people burst in. So you and so they said, are you all right? Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you out of bed? <laughs> and I thought, to myself, 
to think it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've noticed the hiatus. Um, what What is interesting to me is that like you were ashamed having people look at you wee, and it would have been it would have been much more discreet just to have done the wee in a bedpan because in the end it ended up being a big panicky wee with loads okay. of nurses and doctors Heads running in. Quote. Terrible, really, that that happened to you. What they told me. Actually, that wasn't even the bit I was going to say. What is the bit you're going to say? When my parents came to pick me up, they brought clothes because I'd gone there in my pajamas, mm. and. For some bizarre reason, they brought clothes that I'd never. S they, like, you'd think, oh, I'm going to go and get someone from hospital. I'll take some clothes I've seen them wearing once. <laughs> they turned up with some familiarity. Yeah, the t-shirt was my little brother's. The trousers were, you know, I don't know why. They dressed you up as Rupert the Bear. These rubbery shoes that I don't know where they came from. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to little home. jelly shoes. Yeah. And, and I, they'd been all concussed. Perhaps you thought you were living a different life then. My head, my head clicked when it moved. Something wrong wrong with oh, my neck dear. for a while afterwards. I was still confused and I was dressed as someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really help. You've never ever really returned from that place, I don't think. You've been living your life as someone else ever since. I had a concussion incident, right? My dad, before he'd left, abandoned, I like to say, before he'd, he built a wardrobe right in the bedroom and it was held propped up with a Mr. Man book. And I remember seeing that Mr. Man book. Good at DIY, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was brilliant. It incorporated what? Roger Hargraves' and Mr. Tickle's work into the, a cupboard. You often sell out with Mr. Man books <laughs> on a bank holiday weekend. Yeah. Oh, Christ, I've got to build uh, a vanity dresser. For heaven's sake, get some Little Miss Naughty copies. So, so I saw that Mr. Man book. I was excited about the prospect of reading it, plucked it out. The whole as a trap. It was essentially a trap. It fell apart. A bit of the cupboard fell into my skull. I had to go into wash. your skull or onto it. Onto, I suppose. Yeah, there were no gaps in my skull with cupboards in them. A soft spot and a great big bit of wardrobe in it. It was ridiculous. And through there, I could reach Narnia, and I'd often at night recline and just whilst in the hospital and think, you know, essentially, what the hell? <laughs> have I done to deserve that? I would think to myself, yeah, terrible business. Hey, should we listen to Johnny Cash, Sons and Daughters? Yes. And after that, let's talk to Noel Gallagher, shall we? And, yes. And I think, oh, and perhaps I might have got, um, Trevor's Sonic Enigma right, that'd be so good. Someone's got it right. Well, I don't know, someone wants to have a really jolly good guess, we'll, we'll have a go at that. So listen to Johnny Cash, then. Johnny Cash, Sons and Daughters, you listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. Right, we've got some more um, answers for Trevor's baffling sonic enigma. Here, uh, one to another by the charlatans. Is that right, Trev? I don't get that at all. I think that's an absurd answer. Trevor, you are in no position to be judging other people's mental processes after you spent your childhood smashing fish and mice to death and now set up competitions that could only be understood by the loonies. Listen to this one. This is from Dewey Nyman. And they've sent an email. And under subject, they've put Trevor's psycho sound contest thing. <laughs> that's what they've called it. Greetings, Russell and the team. I think I have it. Could it be REM's night swimming? Please tell me I'm remotely close, as the sound effects were no clue at all. It was only the clues you gave away. Dewey from Luton. All right, Dewey, you're remotely close, with the emphasis being on remotely. So, again, why are you attacking Dewey? I think that well, Dewey... Why is he attacking me? He's just Because lazy. you're competent. <laughs> he's not lazy. He's not lazy. He's doing his best. He's not... I don't think that's he's his best, Matt. If that's his best... Us. No. Because, not. Trevor, that... Astonishing clue that you said. Well, let's listen to it once more, and then we've got Richard on the line who wants to have a guess. Oh, I can't see a thing. Ow! <laughs> Who are you? I am Sir Reginald Shoe Feet. That's my favourite bit. Little horse. That sounds like a lawnmower. Oh, stop winking at me. I'm not winking at you. I can't help it. Oh, you're What's hideous. I am not hideous. My mother was a spider. Now stick with me, and we'll soon keep an eye on your girlfriend. 
That is what you get if you get a man who killed trout for an hobby as a child to do a competition. We've got Rich on the line. Rich, do you think you know the answer to Trevor's Sonic Enigma, mate? Yeah, it's um, the matter of a thousand eyes. Trip, is that the right answer? Of course it is. Well done. Congratulations, well done, Rich. Yes, well done, Rich. Rich, how did you begin to decipher that baffling rhubarb? I think it was the night thing that gave it away. Well, it the, the, oh, right, the, 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 it was uh, Reginald Pipsqueak nipples yeah. and all that. Then the, the spider thing. So I have lots of legs, lots of eyes. Right. So okay. So you, it was brilliant deduction by Quite you. Quite clear, then, wasn't it, Rick? Rich, you don't even know Rich's name. The clue for that was he said his name's Rich and you're calling him Rick. It's a good job you don't enter your own competitions, Trev. So, how, how, so you got it. Did you get it from me and Matt's retrospective clues? Sorry, I, 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 you're very faint. Oh no, I'm sorry. We don't. We're not very good with sound effects or audio <laughs> at this radio station. But aside from those two areas, we're brilliant. Um, so, uh, how did you get it? Was it from the clues that came later, or was it from Trev's? Baffling well, soundscape. Well, from the, the, the first hearing, really. Well, congratulations, Rich. From the first, first hearing. hearing. Thank you very much, Rich. Thank you. Rich, that's incredibly vindicating for Trevor. We're going to give him another chance to do that competition next week. Uh, you get some brilliant CDs and stuff. What sort of yeah. CDs is Rich going to get? They'll just be, you know, stuff gets sent in the radio stations. It'll be a, a lot of that. Also, where do you live, mate? Sorry, uh, Scarborough. Oh, so you, well, you can come and see us next week. With my uh, partner, Susie, who uh, emailed you about the pillow thing earlier on. <laughs> Uh, which p which pillow thing? Pillow case. Oh, the pillow. That was a yeah. good one. Oh, thanks for that. Hey, you, well, you two can come down and visit us next week if you want, and you can Thank have you loads know. of records. We'll be up for that. All right, we'll come down if you want. Have a, have a chat to our producer afterwards, and you can come and visit us. It would be lovely to see you, and then you can. You, you and Trevor obviously got a lot in common because you're the only two people on earth that sure. understand that competition. So, um, all right, we're gonna. What we're gonna listen to now? Then we're gonna go to the news now, but we'll listen to Night of a Thousand Eyes after the news. After the news, Night of a Thousand Eyes, Bobby V. Congratulations, Rich. See you next week when you come down. You'll be sent some CDs in the meantime, unless Matt don't bother to get any. Let's have some news. <laughs> Bobby V, the night has a thousand eyes. So clear and tangible when he does it. When Trevor tries to describe that song, it's like a sort of audio Sudoku. Did you enjoy listening to that, Trevor? It's one of my favourite tracks. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, didn't it? The stuff you select as well. What Moon River last week. Pardon? What year is that from? I think it's from 1964, but I couldn't swear to it. It could be 1962. Couldn't you swear to it, Trevor? Would you like to commit to that? <laughs> was I don't it, know. What's the most recent Sonic Enigma we've had? The most recent, uh, it's a long, it's, they've all been stuck in the, uh, 70s. Stuck in the past. Yeah. A in bit the like past. you. A little bit like you. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. I think we live in a postmodern world now and nobody comes from anywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a very easy yeah. way of justifying yeah. dressing up like Alan Bennett. And I <laughs> deny my roots if it involved all that fish death. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Cheers, Mark. Mark's giving us some emails here. Oh. Jesus. You're either all exaggerating or you all had really bad parents <laughs> making you kill fish, buying you defective beds. Where does it end? From Addy. Yeah, no, well, actually, we've got good parents, all of us, actually, haven't really we? Parents, yeah. We've all been really lucky, lucky, but I think it's we bought that stuff on ourselves. Is the Pike story a song title, or is it the ramblings of a sick mind? That's Pete the Bedroom Man. Pete the Bedroom Man doesn't even know what reality is anymore because <laughs> of you, Trev. You've blurred the boundaries. <laughs> Poor old Pete. No wonder he has seeks solace in these affairs. Right, we've got uh, an email here. It's from uh, Louise Hamilton. 
One night in the mid-90s, <laughs> that's nice, <laughs> right in the middle of the 90s it was, me and a load of friends from a local girls' grammar school went to a big, I hope that this was also, that she was at a girls' grammar school as well, I hope that she's not like 43 and hangs out with grammar school girls. We'll find out, it's perfectly normal. We went to, uh, all us grammar school girls, yeah, we went to a big nasty club in Essex, where I'm from, to celebrate our A-level results being handed out, I mean, and what a celebrate in Essex, if you get A-levels, you might as well be made mayor. A night full of joy joyful celebration ended in me becoming convinced my girlfriend was trying to chat up someone else. Getting into a fight. Oh, he's a fella, actually. I'm confused. He is a fella, isn't he? Or it could be lesbian love. He might be gay. Let's not... Hey, fair enough. A night of joyful celebration ended in me becoming convinced my girlfriend was trying to chat up someone else, getting into a fight about it in the toilets, and punching her, slamming the eye, bursting her eyebrow, blood pouring everywhere. I was overcome with remorse, (laughs) tore off my top, and dragged her through the club to the cloakroom, clad only in a skirt and bra. The staff correctly identified us as screaming psychopaths and shoved us out the side door. Difficult as it was to get a cab, we made it to Broome. Field A&E, where my poor girlfriend was asked by the triage nurse if she wanted to press charges and had to admit that it was the hysterical half-naked harpy holding a spotty blood-stained polyester rag to her head that had in fact assaulted her. At this point, I can only think she must have fought to herself. Oh, Sounds like a lovely relationship. Been, is, I hope they're still together. Person yeah. and wife beating transvestite. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's like they're just a couple of girls. Can so, I just make a correction there? It was actually the triage nurse. Triage. Not, not the triad nurse. <laughs> <laughs> the triad nurse. Well, I'd be more worried about that. Yes, They'll yeah. stop at nothing. You don't want to cross one of them triad nurses. Blimey. Yeah. They might chop your finger off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Crikey, I'm worried about some of this content. Afternoon, gents. Years ago, I got a phone call from a DJ at a local radio station telling me that some friends of mine had put my name forward to take part in a live quiz. Being game for a lark, I agreed to take part and was told by the fellow on the other end of the line that the station would phone me back ten minutes later. Ten minutes later, they did indeed phone and I found myself being transmitted live on radio. To win the quiz, all I had to do was answer a simple question. Where are the next Olympics going to be old? Asked, held, asked the DJ. My mind went blank. The seconds were ticking away. I was getting all sweaty so I just blurred out the first thing that came into my head. Or, as in fact, it was actually in the nest that they splattered. Burying my head in my hands moments later and hoping that no one knew I'd actually heard the programme. The DJ, laughing, told me I was wrong, thanked me for taking part, I wish the ground would swallow me up. Anyway, late that night I was at a party when suddenly the music stopped and the unrecognisable sound of my own voice boomed out over the stereo. The entire debacle was then played from start to finish whilst everyone present just pointed and laughed and I stood there thinking... It turns out it weren't even a real radio show or a real DJ. It was a, it was a friend of a friend who had done the whole thing just to tape and play back at my expense to a house full of strangers. Take care. That's from Andy. Good that Andy thought that. Good that Andy thought that the Olympics were taking place in Inverness. Otherwise, that whole prank could have fallen rather flat. It's good that he's got such uh, friends that are dedicated to humiliating him like that. Yeah. Oh, and look, who's this that's turned up? This is exciting news. It's Noel Gallagher is here in the studio. Well, that's exciting because I was beginning to think that Noel Gallagher was an unreliable man who didn't keep to his word. (laughs) But here is Noel Gallagher. How are you, Noel? Manchester. Well, well, Noel, we thought you were unreliable, but you're not, are you? No, I'm here. Thank God you kept to your word. Mad for it. Why why were you so late, Noel? Um, Because I just wanted you to really want me to come, and then I thought, because I'm definitely coming. Yeah, because for a minute there we thought, oh, Noel Gallagher said he was going to come, promised he was going to come, and then when it actually came to it, he never turned up. What an unreliable man Noel but, Gallagher but is. here I am, you know. 
Yeah, here you are. Oh, it's brilliant. Is there anything you want to say? Oh, oh we've got so many questions. Uh, it's no. amazing, yeah. Um, so, Trev, have you got any questions? Uh, Blurred. Is it true that you finally admit that they are a far superior band to Oasis? Is oh, yeah, come on. They're, they're brilliant, aren't they? They were better, better all along. Better you know. Better chords. <laughs> yeah, oh, them chords. Those chords that they invented. Some, so, of them. some of those were much better than your chords, weren't they? Yeah. And also, oh, what else? Um, saying that thing about um, taking drugs was like having a, a cappuccino. That was a... That it was insanity to come out with that, wasn't it? I know, it was stupid. <laughs> you've been a bit boastful all these years, haven't you? I'm a real idiot. <laughs> <laughs> At least you've turned up now, Noel. That's that's the main thing. Should we play uh, Supersonic to celebrate your arrival? Yeah, I, I wrote this song in the bath when I was playing with my toys. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of thing we've learned to expect from you, Noel, but at least you're here now. That's the main thing. Let's well, listen to Supersonic. Hope you like it. <laughs> well, we'll try to, Noel. You're listening to Russell Brand on Six Music, that's Supersonic by Oasis. We've been joined by Noel Gallagher. To think, Trev, you were saying that uh, Noel was unreliable. And I know, he's up. cut it fine, hasn't he? But, yeah. Yeah, but at least he's here now. At least that's he's here. It's brilliant. Yeah. Hello, boys. I brought some Rice Krispie cakes that I made. Nice. Thanks for bringing those, Noel. These are really nice. We Unusual. Can't it's, it's odd that you uh, that chose to dress in that ball gown, Noel. How come oh, you're in a ball gown? comfortable like this. And what's that you're wearing underneath your ball gown? P.E. knickers. Really nice. So, no, that song Supersonic, is it true that you wrote that about your then boyfriend Larry Grayson? Yeah, it was, um, he bought me a My Little Pony for my birthday and I was, I was chuffed. So you wrote him Supersonic? You really wrote that song? It, well, um... Because I heard that actually you're, you and Liam are a little bit like Mini Vanilli and it's actually, uh, <laughs> it's, Paul, it's Paul. Paul Gallagher, the yeah. chuckling puppeteer behind yeah. Oasis. Our sort of chubby middle brother. He's a... Uh, or bigger brother or something. Yeah, I can't remember my family. Yeah. I've changed since I've been famous. <laughs> but uh, he writes all the songs. Right. And I Blimey, just, I just what a revelation. So I bet he thinks whenever he hears a, an Oasis song uh, on the radio... He must think to himself... <laughs> He must, does not he? He does think that, yeah. He does think that. Obviously, though, a lot of your lyrics are much more camp than the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's not... He, he rejects that. He says it's... You know, when I'm standing there in front of that stadium of lads... Yeah. ...and I, I just want to be at home in my little dress and my <laughs> cakes and brushing the tail of my My Little Pony, I just think to myself... <laughs> Fair enough, Noel, but at least you've, you've used this as a platform to come clean. Uh, Noel will also be appearing on uh, One Leicester Square tonight or on MTV, or will he? <laughs> you know, we never know if he'll turn up or not. <laughs> Let's have a listen to Dirty Pretty Things now. With The show will be over soon, but so we might as well enjoy uh, Bang Bang You're Dead. Let's have a listen. Okay. Wonder Stuff, Size of a Cow, you listen to Russell Brand on Six Music. I'm here with Trevor Locke, Matt Morgan and Noel Gallagher. Noel, what are you crying for? <laughs> Trevor gave me Chinese burn. Blimey, it was only a little Chinese burn, Noel. I didn't realise you were so delicate and effeminate. Why is that? It's made my accent go all funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's changed your accent. It's made your accent and it's realistic. I want to send lots of love to uh, Jackie at Warwick University. Be strong, Jackie. Your life will be alright. Everything will be okay to yeah. you. Are you alright, Trev? I'm alright. I'm just hoping Jackie's going to be all right. Jackie's going to be fine, don't worry about Jackie. So, oh, it's been a nice show, isn't it, today? It's been a, a good show. No don't be no Gallagher anymore. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't think we were fooling anyone with, with that, to tell the truth. It was actually a bit of brilliant satire. Uh, have you enjoyed the show, Matt? Yes, I've had a lot of fun. I'm a bit worried that people think that we, uh, our childhoods weren't. Let's clear up. We had nice childhoods. People think we lied about no Gallagher. 
Uh, don't worry about that. What do you mean, lied about Noel Gallagher? Yeah, we said we're, to that, right, what happened was, Noel Gallagher said he was going to come, and then he never came. That's, you know, what can we do about and it? I, didn't I predict that at the top of the show? I'm trying to, try to spread his arms like Christ <laughs> to go, didn't I predict Not that at the beginning of the show? Like Christ, but if that's the conclusion that you want to draw, I mean, yeah. I don't want to draw the conclusion you that you're like Christ. Well, I've been, oh, yeah, I remember that. You treated me like the Jewish authorities what, treated him. Wasn't it from the Gospel of Luke where it said, and, and though Christ smashed up some animals <laughs> for a laugh? Well, five loaves and two fishes. It wasn't, he did, up, but he did that out of love, Trev. He didn't kill a pike. I did that out of love to feed my family. Sister. I was feeding my hungry family. See, we don't need Noel Gallagher who talk like this. Oh, with this kind of banter, <laughs> who needs credible rock stars to lift up this relationship? We're going to force Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher will be we'll on the show next week. All these impressions are going to get worse and worse. <laughs> oh, my God. We will satirise him to the point where he daren't leave his house to buy more trainers. OK, so, uh, well, thanks very much for listening to us. Have you got anything? You want to add Matt Morgan? No, I'm all done. Trevor Locke, have you got anything to say? I just want to say that I love animals and I Good. think you should treat them kindly. Keep saying it, Trevor. You might even start <laughs> believing it yourself. Thanks everyone that's contributed to this fantastic show. Music Week coming up, that's going to be brilliant, obviously. We like that. We'll, we'll just sit around and listen to that, okay. shall we? Yeah. Yes, I've got nothing else to do. Perhaps go and look at that elephant thing that's rampaging around London. I'm scared of that thing. We'll be back next week. Perhaps, I don't know, perhaps Noel Gallagher will turn up. Who knows? It, it's, it's a mystery to me. But for now, personality crisis. New York Dolls. Yeah, rock. Oh, yeah, woo, rock.